Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Yes, it's a Wednesday, and I hope you're all doing well. First off, we got an email to read from DM Dan. He says, Hi, Glenn. Thanks for addressing my question about Hyperborea on your podcast today. I'm an old 1E player, so it sounds the transition to learning the game would be relatively easy. It will. Back in the day, I never read any of the pulp books of Conan or Cthulhu, which you talked about. Well, you're, you're not alone because I'm, I, have, I have never read any Howard or, or Clark Ashton Smith or anything like that. But I have, in my later years, my young adult years, started reading, reading Lovecraft, which he treats it differently, but you get the idea. It's the same, the same monsters from outer space or underground or whatever it is. But anyway, I digress. He says, I played only AD&D mostly because no one in my group played anything else, though Boot Hill and Gamma World always sounded fun. Gamma World is fun. I never went past playing the AD&D 2E rules, which is partly why I asked my question. Old school rules just, just feel like a comfy pair of shoes. 3E and beyond just seemed like too radical a departure of the game mechanics. I agree. That's part of the, the appeal to me because it just feels very comfortable because I learned it early on and I know the mechanics and it just flies by. He says, do you if there is do you know if there is any significant difference in the game mechanics of Astonishing Swordsman between the first and second edition rules? Thanks again, DM Dan. Thank you, DM Dan, for sending that to me. And I would probably point you to the Hyperborea forum at the North Wind. <laughs> I did it again. The North Wind Adventures website. They have a forum there that would probably answer the question better than I could, the author could. But I don't see any major difference, to tell you the truth, except the fact that he bumps up the subclasses. He gives you more subclasses to play with, and I think he, he's also expanded the spell list, too. And it's a pretty good deal for PDF. I know the book itself. When, when I first got first edition, that box set was 50 bucks. But then you go on Drethor RPG and you get all the material on PDF for 10 Now, second edition, I don't know. The book is 70 And I believe the... Don't quote me on this because I don't have it pulled up. I believe the P PDF version of the book is like 20 25 something like that. And you can do your own comparisons that way. Uh, but I don't see any real significant difference between the two. Also, in second, I would encourage you to get the second edition book because not only do you have those additional things that I talked about, he may have corrected some things in tables and stuff like that too, but you also get an expanded view of Hyperborea. The Gazetteer in first edition was good, but the one in second edition is great. It still only gives you, you know, it just gives you enough to get into trouble. I mean, they don't do like Gazetteer level analysis and probably have a thousand page book on your hand by that but it gives such detail where you can actually run things i always go back when i'm prepping and i'm doing my own stuff i always go back to the book and look at okay they're here what's around here what's this like they're going there what's that like and i would get it just 
not only you get the more stuff, but I mean, if you want an excuse to get it, get it for the expanded gazetteer, as far as I'm concerned. And that'll set you up real good. Thanks for the email, Dan. Really appreciate it. So, what do we want to talk about? I want to talk about film genres for a minute. Now, there are a lot of film genres. You know I'm, I'm, I'm a film buff. I'm an actor. I'm a film buff. I'm a film hound. And I like different genres of films, from westerns to animation to... Well, animation isn't really a genre, but to dramas, to comedies, and things like that. But there is one I absolutely, I do love, because it's so versatile, and that's film noir. Crime not dramas, no, not really. It, film noir, okay, I forget who said it, I think it was Brad Bird or somebody like that, that film noir is not a genre. It's a style. The difference being, you can put this style on anything, not just modern crime dramas. You can put it on West. There's been film noir westerns, film noir dramas, a film. You could just put it anywhere, and you can make the tropes work. And what I like about it, I like using it in fantasy. There are such things as dark fantasy, and what I like about it is it's so versatile, because I told you previously how hard a time I have doing horror in a role-playing game. Even if it is Call of Cthulhu, it's kind of hard. But film noir gets close to that, but it's easier to run. Because it's all about the dark night of the soul. It's all about people who get into situations over their heads, who are may, may or may not get out of it. I prefer a more lighter noir. I mean, I love the dark shadows and everything like that, and that's, my stuff has it too. But I love the, the, the where they actually succeed and get out of the trouble or do what they were supposed do their objective. And if they're going to fall down a hole, at least, if they're, they're going to fall out of, down a hole into oblivion, at least they leave behind their good, the, what good they did. My because I, I don't like the ones where it's like the hero is doomed from the first frame. And you just, and you know, the femme fatale does her bit and he gets involved in gangsters and this and that and the other. He's on the run. At the end, they shoot him and he dies. Some of those are good. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying some of those are not good. I mean, Out of the Past is excellent. And the modern incarnation, I hear Body Heat is also excellent. Another one, another one, uh, uh, Gun Crazy. Gun Crazy, yeah. Well, that's basically a riff on Bonnie and Clyde. So you know what's going to happen at the end. That I don't mind. But if the guy, if the guy is doomed from the start, I really don't like it. One film, and, and this could fit into fantasy too, one film I, I do like in that, in that type, subtype of noir is DOA. I like DOA because the guy gets okay spoilers guy gets poisoned anonymously and he goes to a doctor and finds out how long he has to live and he spends the rest of the movie and the rest of his life finding the real culprit the killer and just before he dies he gets them and that's great that's why i like that's why i like the detective stories better like murder my sweet farewell my lovely uh, the big sleep things like that. all all chandler funny uh, Maltese Falcon, because the detective, to me, the detective gives me somebody to focus on, not just some poor schmuck who, who's having a hard time. And 
they actually have the tools to deal with the problem. There's also things where people who are who have things, jobs that are like related, kind of like that, like a newspaper reporter or a publicist or something like that who gets into trouble and knows how to work the system to get themselves out of trouble. That doesn't mean... Well, one movie I'm thinking of is is then this is a funny this is a funny title, but it's called I Wake Up Screaming, and it stars Victor Mature as a publicist who gets blamed for this girl he's been nurturing, you know, to be a rising star. He she she gets murdered, and he, they're trying to pin it on him. So, but he manages to get out of it, and you know, there's all kinds of stuff. I'm not saying that the hero doesn't doesn't get scarred i mean they will have they may have some emotional problems or something like that but that's what i that's the kind of film noir i like and that kind of film noir works best with role-playing games there used to be a while ago uh second edition mutants and masterminds one of the a guy wrote a book called mutants and masterminds noir and while I didn't like some of the stuff he put it in put in there because he assumed that everybody was doomed, so the heroes had to have a fatal flaw, which is okay because I mean you you've got disheads in there, so it's easy to do. But it's always ends on a down note. And it always ends. See, there's there's a lot of in noir there's a lot of what they call Pyrrhic victories, which means you save the day, but at what cost? So there's that. And I think that can be used in fantasy and role-playing games like D&D very effectively. Now, I don't like, if you have to do a lot of moral choices, I don't think that works because a lot of people are saying, hey, come on, we're here to play. We're here to, to like be big damn heroes and we don't want to deal with, you know, an orc, that, an orc village that has kids and what do we do? You know, I don't want that kind of knee-jerk SJW type stuff. But there, they can be moral choices in there. I believe we're going to have a character make that very choice in an upcoming game. So we'll see how that goes. So using noir, basically, it's it's description. It's description. I would use some music, you know, like jazz music or something. Maybe something like that. Something darker. And there can be like a quote unquote femme fatale in there. There's no reason the big the big bad can't be a woman, you know, a, a villainess or something like that. And maybe she has seductive ways, or maybe maybe the big bad has a like a dragon, like a second in command who has seductive ways like that, whether it's male or female. And let's see what else. Just a pervading sense of. And, and and trust is a big issue in there too. Even that goes back to Hitchcock too. Trust is a big issue. Who do you trust? Now I've had characters who's got stabbed in the back and betrayed before. I mean, I played in a two-year campaign on Five E, and we got we got betrayed a couple of times, but we came out of it. So it it's kind of it's kind of I don't want to say it's a mind game, but if you can get that sense of foreboding in there. That would be really, really good. I know it's kind of a vague thing to talk about, and it's kind of a it's kind of a thing where you gotta like watch four or five of them or read the pulps or read the read the detective stories and things like that. But if you can get that kind of feel and look for that book, uh Mutants and Masterminds Noir. Maybe it's probably out of print by now, but it's worth looking at for that kind of thing.
anyway, I've talked enough about this. So I'm going to go start my day. And I hope that helped. If it didn't, I'm sorry. If it did, fantastic. And you want to talk to me about this, tell me if it helped or not, or anything else, you can drop me an email at oldmangrognardygmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. And we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can support this program, and I would thank you. And thank you to my supporters, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, and Gilbert. And Mark Wallring, another shout-out for your new podcast, The Yawning Owlbear. Catch it on Anchor. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.